0: Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Let's just um, all pray together. Let's respond to Jesus' commission, uh, call to us. Lord, we do. You said the field is ripe. So, we don't pray for the field to ripen. We just thank you that there are workers that are going to be thrust forth. And we now agree, Lord, with your prayer that the workers will be ready on the day of battle. We do. We just pray for supernatural strength and energy. Let's lift up our voices. Father, we do. We just honor you. We praise you. Give you praise. Yes, Lord, we've come in from busyness, we've come in from all kinds of other activities, all other things, Lord, that are important and take our minds, but we pray right now that every thought just be brought into obedience to the knowledge of Jesus. We pray for energizing, that the energizing of the Spirit. You said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh anointing right now of energy, of strength, of concentration, of vigilance, of uh, just, Lord, your uh, motivating power inside of us right now. We just... Declare over every person sustaining here, every one of us, we just pray, Father, for uh, clear minds, clear hearts, open spirits to receive what you've got for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And our prayer over this church, Lord, is that many workers will go into the harvest field. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name ki re bosiere bosiere puro koshatarende bere bere batia bere bere bakira boruto kor gasia le bassia la baraba tarabashatan rabate ki re posso voro posere baba tassa sa ya tassa sa Oh, amen. Well, um, Let's keep praying. Let's keep uh, the prayer fires burning in the church. I know there are some morning prayer meetings. There's some midday meet, prayer meetings. There's also the prayer meeting before the service on a Sunday. And it's not a, a prayer meeting like you have to be there at on the time it starts and leave the time it ends. There are people who starting at quarter past eight and... Or there till quarter to nine to close. But some people come in for five minutes as they're running around with other things, 10 minutes, just come and make your voice heard. And it is a bit of a noisy environment. So, uh, you know, it's a joyful noise. Yeah. Come and let your voice be in amongst the joy of the... Of the but it's, I, I really believe that there's a value and a, a huge benefit spiritually when God's people are in prayer together. It's just that agreement that uh, releases something out of heaven into earth. And it's when God's people pray. So let's just keep that in thought, especially as we're going into uh, it's quite a busy time for everyone. End of the year stuff coming up. Uh, I believed when we set out this discipleship, this part of the discipleship course, that God would lead us in each season. And it's amazing, you know, when we did the topic on Jesus, it was Easter. It wasn't really planned, but it happened that way. When we did the topic on the Holy Spirit, it was um, Pentecost Sunday. We did the topic on the um, reaching the lost. Rob happened to be here with a real passion to teach on evangelism. So I believe, even though it's a busy season, and this is kind of the highlight, if you like. Well, not the highlight, the essence, the pulling it all into a meaning when we get onto this topic of discipleship. So it is one of the eight topics we're covering the year because you can you can quickly see what a church's values are by looking at the courses and seminars they run. If the courses and seminars are predominantly around family and marriage and and children and raising and budgets and that's wonderful. We need that stuff. But that, those teachings are aimed at kind of equipping the already saved to be better Christians. Not necessarily equipping them how to minister to people who've got needs. So that's part of the culture shift I believe we're in. Is that we are going to be emphasizing that all are priests and all priests are called to minister in this church. And it's going to be a wonderful day when we actually believe that we don't need the expert or the professional to come and do something because we've been equipped to do it. So again, I know all our minds are a little bit out there. There's the pearl anniversary coming. But remember, that's a one-off celebration, end of year party, which happens at the end of the The course, which is actually great. It's a nice way to celebrate the end of the year. But the culture of evangelism is here to stay. This is the meat of what we are as a church. And just to kick off, pick your brains a bit. If we don't know what we're aiming at, we could hit anything. So this is discipleship. So what is the goal of discipleship? It's a disciple. So if we don't know what a disciple is, then we don't know what we're aiming at. So anybody out there? Give me a quick synopsis, a quick uh, definition, a quick, you know, a few words. What is this thing that we call a disciple? A disciplined follower of someone else like Jesus. Any, anyone else? following Jesus. What is this finished product we call a disciple? We don't know what that looks like. We don't know how. We won't know when we got there. Someone who think, thinks exactly like their leader. In this case, Jesus. Okay? okay. Preparing people to come leaders. Okay, so... This end result, this person called the disciple, we could write a book on what that looks like. But let's give it a quick definition. I want you to write this down because you're not going to get notes tonight. You are your notes. So what is this end product call, that we call a disciple? And let's say instead of writing a whole chapter de- describing a disciple, let's just give it a very easy to remember, succinct and we'll call it three F's. Now some bells should be ringing. Number one, a follower after God. Someone who's following after God. That just means we want to know the Father. We want to know what the Father's like. We want to learn how to c- communicate and, and, and enjoy the heart of our Father. But it also means we're following after Jesus. And following after Jesus means understanding our perfect covenant that came through the blood of our big brother and our Savior, who's also God. So it's following after Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit. We're following the Holy Spirit. We're learning to hear His voice. We're learning to cooperate with Him. We're learning how to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's under the first F, which is following God. This is what a disciple looks like. This finished product is someone following God. The second part of that is he fellowships with believers. Because when he got born again, he got born again into a body, a family, a community, and now he's a part of that body. He might be the ligaments, or muscles, elbow, wrist, up, nose. He, he's, he's part of this body, and there's a fellowship that takes place. an Intimacy of relationships will be cared for, nourished. Iron sharpens iron. Don't always like one another, but sometimes we get what we need at that season in our life. Amen. Nobody know what I'm talking about. So there's that fellowship. So it's following God, it's fellowshipping with believers, and it's fishing for the lost. Because it doesn't matter how good a home group is. If a home group is only about following God and fellowshipping, and we lose the element of fishing, Engaging unsafe people. Then we would have missed a whole lot. And at best we'll become just a holy huddle of friends. At worst we'll just fragment. If the DNA of, of the New Testament is in us, we want to see people saved. So that's what a disciple, just a, a, a broad definition. Each one of those F's can be expanded and subcategoried, and you could write a book with three major sections on those three. But just for memory's sake. Who likes to remember things like that? Three apps. Come on, okay? So, Hans, what are the three apps? Fishing. It's, I mean, I can get that now. You know? So we, we know what this end product looks like. If we've been called to make disciples, we've got to have an end picture of what that is. Now, then comes the second part of it, which is what's the process that takes place? Broad categories. How do we move from naught to 100 through the stages to get to this end product? So what is the production line to that end? End product. And again, anybody want to stab at that? Anybody? Does something ring a bell? Anything like four four E's ring a bell? Does four E's? You know we had three F's, now we've got four E's. Does anyone? The process of discipleship begins with engaging unbelievers. E for engaging unbelievers. Unbelievers, if people aren't finding Jesus, the process of discipleship is null and void. Jesus called people to follow him in the old covenants. But only at Pentecost, or at the cross, did the new covenant start, people could be born again. When Peter stood up after Pentecost, he stood up as a born again man. But when he was called to follow Jesus, they were in that intertestamental period. But Jesus showed us how he engaged with people and called them to follow him. You notice he didn't just call them to follow him individually. Hey, Pete, you and me are going to be big mates. It's going to be you and me, Peter, just you and me. And No, no, he called Peter into a community of people that were his followers, his disciples. Discipleship takes place in community. People are called, engaged with, to come to Christ and find themselves in a fellowship, a community. So that's the first thing that we've got to get right, is how do we engage with the lost? And that's where the whole topic of evangelism fits in and is established. Okay, let's move through the E's quickly. I'm, I'm surrounded by the alphabet. I'm getting like, like dizzy. I'm only on the, I'm, wait till I get to the four X's. Eh? Now, okay, so the first E is engage with the lost. The second E is, without looking at your notes, establishing biblical foundations. A new convert needs biblical foundations. And for that reason, we have to teach. Maybe we don't have to take six months like we just have. It can be done in six days. But we need to teach on who the Father is. Come on. For God so loved the world. We've got to, people have got to know who the Father is. They've got to know Jesus, the new covenant. They've got to know the Holy Spirit and who He is and how He operates in our lives. They've got to know the integrity of God's Word and how to approach it responsibly and read it devotionally. They need to understand prayer and the all importance of prayer and the authority of the believer when we pray in Jesus' name with the power of attorney, call things that are not as if they are, stand in agreement with God and see the world change through the power of agreement. So, established in biblical truth. Converts need to be established. The danger here is While we're establishing, if it's just theory, we're going to have a problem. Because we can know all about the Father, all about the Son, all about the Bible, all about prayer. But if we don't know how to execute, how to apply, how to operate in those things, which leads us to the next stage, which is equipping. So from engaging the lost... Establishing Bible foundations, we move to equipping believers. That means we teach people how to do things. We teach people how to lead somebody to the Lord. It's one thing knowing Jesus brought in a superior covenant. It's another introducing someone to the Jesus of the superior covenant. Amen? Amen. It's one thing talking about the doctrines of the Holy Spirit. Another thing teaching you who has prayed with someone to receive the Holy Spirit and seen evidence. Amen. And that's why we're here tonight. It's because those of us who have done something are one step ahead. One step ahead. Only one step ahead of someone who hasn't. And that's what making Equipping disciples was it all about equipping believers. Just got to be one step ahead. And now that we found out that it's as we minister, we become mature. We don't have to disqualify ourselves from ministry. Any kind of ministry is stepping out in faith in the gift that He's put inside you. And let me tell you that all the gifts. And we're gonna over the next couple of weeks. I want to encourage you who are here tonight that the, the, over these four weeks we're going to unpack and we're going to practically be demonstrating the how to minister, how to activate the, 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 the Corinthian gifts, the Roman motivational gifts, how to actually do it. And we're going to get people coming up and doing it and then we're going to see what they did right and what they can do better and we're going to learn together. Because until we actually going and laying our hands on the sick, we're not going to see anybody healed. We can study church history and get enough knowledge that you could sink the Titanic with it, but it's going to mean nothing until we actually lay our hands on the sick. You are going to have a new confidence to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To baptize people. Who has ever baptized someone in water? Well, you know what? We all should have. Because that's part of our commissioning, part of our calling as believers. So we're going to learn some practical things around practical equipping. And then the final E, anybody, now that we're on a roll, engage non-believers, establish biblical foundations, equip believers to minister, empower. Disciples to make disciples. Empower disciples disciples that's this guy that's following God fellowshipping with believers and fishing for the lost empowering him, what does it mean to empower somebody, anybody what does it mean to empower someone give them confidence what else, opportunity what else give them the tools exactly, that's what it means to empower people so, so to empower means to create opportunities. And what we want to do over, the, over this month of discipleship is have a whole lot of boxes up here with opportunities from next Monday. For the, the... Tonight's just kind of a bit of a, we've come in from a three-week break and we just need to remember what is a disciple because this celebration is taking over the church. <laughs> We're going to have boxes up here. Maria was saying to me earlier, She wants to get her ladies from her home cell just going to the hospital and walking around the ward and finding ladies lying there without visits. You know, nobody turns you away when they're lying on their back and they haven't had a visit for three days. So so there's opportunities all around us. There's opportunities to visit backslidden families. There are opportunities to visit those who are sick and need of healing. There are those who are just lost their way. There are those in... In, in, in divorce and, and breakup. There's all kinds of opportunities, and they the gateway into preaching the gospel, engaging with the lost people around them. Hey, Trevor, you go into hospital and start speaking to that lady in the bed, and you start talking about Jesus, a whole lot of other people here, and it's not long before someone else says, when you come back next time, don't you want to come out? I've got some questions. Hey? So that's the empowering. The empowering is we want to give you and us, all of us, the the tools, the equipping, and then the opportunities. Now this is where the rubber hits the tar. Oh, this is where the fun begins. Is is ministry and making Empowering disciples to make disciples is spelt T I M E. That's probably the biggest challenge is this little thing we're just adding on now called time. You know the very fact that you're here tonight means that you had to prioritise something. Maybe it wasn't that convenient. And not only for this hour that we're together, but the 30 minutes preparing to get you, and then the 30 minutes preparing to get your husband to bed. So so you're looking at like two hours on a Monday night that you have consciously set apart and set aside. And I'd like to say that if we kept just that discipline going forward, two hours a week, half an hour to get there, an hour available and half an hour to get back to our life. That's all it would take. Because we found that we start including people in the things we're already doing. So when we look again, and then, hey, we've got to remember, I think it was Jesus who said, no man has given up farms and time and this and there, and for the sake of the kingdom, but will receive, how much in this life? A hundredfold. And he wasn't talking about going to heaven. Because he said, and eternal life. So there's a, there's a measured deposit that when we make, we need to expect return. Some of you are facing projects in your life now that you know are going to take weeks. Why don't we trust God that they'll take days? Some of you are facing projects right now that are going to take a day. I got a phone call from the taxman the other day. Oh, dear Jesus, come soon. You know, it's medical and logbooks and uh, things i forgot. I mean, it's just hundreds of millions of pieces of paper. And it's like, a, like I see a whole day looming that I've got to find somewhere. Why shouldn't they take an hour? Come on. If my time is more valuable for the kingdom and I spend my life delegating so I can stay focused, then why shouldn't you be able to trust God that what will take a day or three days can be half? Come on. Okay, thanks for your agreement and enthusiasm. But uh, yeah, I wrote this down this afternoon. Simply by being here tonight, you have made a decision and invested the most valuable asset you got, your time. Because making disciples is synonymous with spending time preparing others to minister. You see, discipleship is not just about you ministering. I hope I made this clear on Sunday. I think, I think most of you are here. The work of the kingdom is not just about me ministering. There are times it has to be. Right now, ministering. But my ministering has got to be to prepare people to do the work of ministry. So you can be the most brilliant worship leader. But if you're not producing worship leaders, we have a problem. We have a professional. And professionals are there to train the non-professionals and then get out the way. The problem we've got this it's messy to risk with people. So we just want the best at everything because we want a perfect Sunday rig. But sometimes we've got to risk it a little bit. And then I hear behind the scenes, this one doesn't like this one. And this one will only come in. this one's leading worship. And this one prefers this one. It's like Paul with Apollos and Paul and Cephas. and But you know what? It's messy, but it's necessary. Because if we're going to bring people through, there's risk involved. Hello? Did I share our story with Willem Smith, Janet, on Sunday? We We had to choose an assistant in our congregation in Pretoria back in our pastor Hatfield days. And there was a very obvious candidate. I mean, Colgate smile, designer wardrobe, slick, smooth. Brilliant minister, gifted to the... I mean, I was nowhere close to his gifting. And I prayed and looked around and prayed. There was this one guy in our church, Afrikaans guy, very non-threatening, un-intimidating guy. But wherever he went, he started little home groups and then handed them over and moved on. And got, well, He was getting home sales going. And this other guy was a great minister. Oh, a powerful man of God, I say I walking in here. Yeah, and I just, you feel my presence, man. And everybody gets the dripple down of anointing. And I kind of looked at this and I prayed. And I just, something was, it, wasn't, it seemed right. I'm so glad I made the right choice. I chose someone who was able to equip other people. And that's how we multiply our effectiveness. Because our time is not spent on just doing the ministry, our time is spent on preparing those who are going to do ministry. Doesn't mean we stop ministering, but our ministry becomes to equip others to ministry. No. You say, yeah, I know this, but let me tell you this is gonna take time to actually spin around the church. Get into the DNA of our church. So those are the four E's. Now now here's a here's an interesting thing. If if we empower people, i.e. give them opportunities. Without them being equipped, what's going to happen? Crash. (laughs) Yeah. So so if they're not established in biblical foundations and equipped how to minister, and we just empower them, what can they do? Can damage them. Can damage others. They can go into all forms of heresy. They can... uh, Make bad ministry decisions it's not because they're bad people, just because they lack wisdom. They they look into the ministry for ideas, all those kind of things. But what happens if we only establish biblical foundations and equip believers to minister, and then never empower them? Does anybody else can talk tonight? <laughs> 100%. So, so, if, so if, uh, if somebody's being equipped and equipped and equipped, and they've got more uh, diplomas that they can wallpaper the whole inside of their house with all their diplomas, but they never get a chance to be empowered, they never have an opportunity to do what, what can happen to that person? They become discouraged. Bored? Leave the church? I would. What else? I, I mean, so c- can you see what I'm, what I'm doing here? I'm saying empowering without equipping is not responsible. But equipping, and we don't release people. See, that this is that ceiling thing that comes in again. Because the, the, the guy that's one step ahead is now needing to keep the one step behind, behind. Uh, Terry, you laugh because you know what I'm talking about. You see, when, when the guy one step ahead sees, this guy's caught up. Wee-hoo, let's have a party. Off you go. Now we're talking about empowering disciples to make disciples. So this the, very different. You see, when people put ceilings over other people's life because you're not qualified enough, you, you, know, what, you know, one day you'll get there. You know, just wait another six years and jump through these 48 hoops and memorize the New Testament. We, I hope we pass that. I'm really kidding. And I know that's not in this church. I think it's a great day when people come to this church and they don't even know who the pastor is. The person called to be the pastor, you know who the pastor is. Because, by the way, it's not, I'm not Pastor Steve. I'm Steve, I am a pastor, called to be a pastor. It is a gift to me for the sake of his body. So I'm Steve, who pastors. People come in here and say, who's leading this church? And someone who's been here for three months goes, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Phew, it'll be a great day. Providing the church is stable and growing. I'm not talking about falling apart, because that's not the time for the leader to hand over. So, does that help a little bit tonight? Just to talk, remind ourselves about the definition, what we're aiming at. That's what the end product looks like. He has this process. And those are interchangeable. They happen at different times. But I, I want to step out and say this, that everything we do as a church should be integrated into those four things. It should If it's a program running, if it's a ministry running, if it's a seminar, if it's got to be integrated around those things or else we're going to be talking one language and and doing something different i hope you're still with me over this month i want you to trust with me that people who need to be engaged are, are going to get engaged we're going to see people get saved Trust with me that this month, people, look we've just spent six months covering the six big ones. And we spent a whole month on each. And I mean, it's been a lot of energy. And some of you have got to a few. And maybe that's all you needed to get to at the time. But as we hit this stage, this month, it's a month of saying, those who need to be equipped need to be equipped. And that's you and me. That's us. We need to equip. If you one step ahead, you can help us equip. So get ready. Be prepared. When you, if you're going to come here on a Monday night, be prepared that if you've got a headache, somebody's going to get to pray for you. Get prepared. If you come here and someone else has got a headache, you're going to pray for them. And if someone hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit or seeks to flow in prophecy or other gifts, never let someone to the Lord there's going to be opportunities. Because that's what equipping is all about. And then we're going to move into the empowering stage, which is, I mean, I was encouraged, Hans came to me the other day and said, he really got a heart to, to connect with people who've got controversial topics that they're dealing with and have a few outlined over a few weeks where they get to grips with one of those. I thought, you see, that's a perfect opportunity to engage with people who wouldn't normally go to church or to a Bible study, but might be interested to hear on another topic that finds itself going back into the Word. And you know what? We might aim at 10, and we might miss 8. And we must celebrate what we've failed at. Because if we didn't aim for the 10, if we didn't miss up on 8, we wouldn't have got the 2. I think sometimes we're so scared of, of, of making mistakes, of messing up. Well, I tried this ministry and it didn't work. And then I got involved in the worship and that didn't work. And then I tried with children and that didn't work. Hey, you know, Thomas Edison, every time he failed, in his pursuit of the electric light bulb said, "Yay! Yeah, that's one more thing I've learned not to do next time. Come on. Come on. How different would our approach to life be? If we said, the next time I fail at trying to start a home sale or trying to do a children's thing or trying to be involved in worship or trying to do something practically or in the community uh, or to get to visit somebody, next time I fail, I'm going to say, okay, Lord, how can I do it better next time? Because maybe it wasn't the problem with the, the home sale. Maybe it was a problem that you're starting at 9 o'clock and finishing at midnight. You know? If the sucker's dead, let's pronounce it dead. Let's do an autopsy, learn what we need to learn, and do it better next time. Come on. And let's stop putting ceilings over people's lives. Like, no, no, brother, you know, you've only been saved six weeks. Got to wait till you're this mature giant. I'm telling you, God is fast-tracking people. God is fast-tracking people, and He's fast-tracking those who got pure hearts that are saying, God, I, wanna, I want you to be glorified. In this what I'm doing, I want you to get glory. Jesus says, I've got your number. I'm watching you. So ministering equals time. And I think it would be ridiculous for all of us to set unrealistic goals like I'm going to get 10 people saved this week and disciple them and equip them and empower them all to go and start ministry. (laughs) But it might be realistic to just keep on aiming for that one person. Just that one person. I love what uh, Graham Lucy, uh, maybe I shouldn't mention his name. Please don't tell him I mentioned. None of you know him anyway. He was a particularly successful uh, insurance broker, consultant, and 120 uh, reps working for him. And he was asked to go and speak to some young reps at a, at a meeting, consultants, and, and, and to talk to them about how, how to be successful in the, uh, in the insurance industry. And uh, I, I don't know, you were at the meeting we said this eh, last week. He said there were three things. There are only three things. You've got to get in front of somebody. You've got to get in front of somebody. And you've got to get in front of somebody. You're not going to be a successful, might be successive, but you won't be a successful consultant sitting in your office drawing out charts and new theories and web designs And logos, you got to actually get in front of somebody. And I love when I heard that, I just thought, Whoa, that sounds like discipleship! That sounds like discipleship because this is not discipleship, this is equipping. Empowering disciples to make disciples means you got to get in front of somebody. It can be the postman, the neighbor, child's friends mother, the domestic. You've got to just stand in front of somebody for discipleship to start. I love that. Can I repeat that on Sunday? You all act like you've never heard it before. Right. Well, judging by the three F's and the four E's, it doesn't matter how much I repeat myself. Just, I thought i have been doing it since this time last year. I'm still getting blank stares. Yeah. So, any questions thus far? No, elect. don't ask what the three F's are. I can see that <laughs> twinkle in your eye. So we know what we're aiming at. We know what process there's involved. We know that everything we do in the church should be integrated into those processes somewhere. Whether we're ministering to children or Sunday services or seminars or conferences, it's got to feed into that thing. Um, And what else did I say? Any questions? Any comments? Over the next few weeks, we're going to practically be calling people out and showing by example. Then we're going to give opportunities. These are people that just desperately need someone to pray for them. These are people that are crisis mode. These are people that are just nobody knows what's happened to them. And imagine a room like this of 30 people if we each if we each, 30, 40 people, if we each took one name and said, by the depends how urgent it is but urgency contextual, I'm going to I'm going to make an effort. And then we trust God that the stuff we're learning theoretically we going to get an opportunity to execute. That's a different kind of church, eh? And if you get ideas of starting a little community, bring those ideas. Let's go for it. Let's do stuff. And if, you know, Maria, if you get kicked out of the hospital three times, maybe there's another approach. You know? Yeah, Hans, maybe if no one signs up, maybe... Stop telegramming them and email them. So, so, so mistakes are allowed. We celebrate mistakes. we learning. We're on a journey. we not looking to the man of power for the hour to do all the ministry because we know that the gifts are there to equip the saints for work's of ministry, so does that answer your questions of where am I going to use this stuff, and how am I g- going to use this stuff? The how is the equipping stage, and that's the stage we're in now. This is equip time. But the equipping is going to be, have an outlet, which is an empowering time, which are the opportunities to do things. Okay, so here's here's a thought. What if in two or three weeks' time, during a Sunday morning service, we need a whole lot of people who need ministry? And now we don't have a professional ministry team that's going to do the ministry, that you know how to pray someone into the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know how to counsel somebody going through the, a divorce. Just by, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me a word of knowledge. Give me a prophetic encouragement for this person. You know how to lead someone to Jesus who comes up and, and says, I'm lost. I don't know. I'm lost. Could that be a different kind of church service? Would you be? We're going for it. You ready to go, right? Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Oh, Terry's chomping at the bit. He's been chomping at this bit for some time now. We are called to make disciples. We are not. Just to spend all our time doing the ministry. We are called to equip people to do the ministry. The best home group leaders in the world, I'm telling you. Yonki Chow says a woman. I don't know if women have got a nurturing, natural ability to release and raise up others around them because they are mothers. Dads like to stay in control, in charge. I don't know what that is, but I do know that when we start to empower people, it's going to be risky. Are you prepared to take that risk with me? Because I haven't got another year to go through these six teachings again. These six teachings are going to be documented. They're going to be put in your hands, and in the new year, you're going to be able to go and in 6 weeks bring people into established in the in the in foundations, biblical foundations. And then equipping isn't going to take another 6 months because drawing on my apprenticeship artisan analogy from Sunday. Or let's draw on just Jesus. He called people to follow him. He did it, did the work of ministry. He then said, come now you. Oh Lord, but you know all these people, they're so hungry and they've traveled so far. And he rubbed his hands together and he said, okay, here's a thought. Feed them. There you go. Feed them. It's like Jesus, Jesus, the storm, the storm. Why did you wake me up? Why didn't you just rebuke the storm? What was he doing? He was equipping them because soon he was out of the way. He was equipping them. And the artisan works while the apprentice is watching. At some stage, the apprentice gets told to just go and file this down, go and bend this 90 degrees. But after a while, the apprentice catches up with the artisan. And then the apprentice becomes the artisan. And he has apprentices watching him. And I think if the church has got anything wrong, it's this thing. There are too many artisans who have got higher and higher and higher and higher. And more and more people looking to them to meet their needs. Instead of the apprentices becoming artisans. Equipping. Equipping. So, I know it's been talked tonight. But I think it's necessary. And I want to strongly encourage you. As much as you can to prioritize this month together. And I know some people will be here next week who weren't here. But we're going to trust them to catch up quickly. Because I'm going to ask, what does a disciple look like? And you're going to go, fa 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 and I'm going to say, what is the process of getting there? And you're going to go. Eh, 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 eh. We'll so there's a couple of good sheep in this place here. Yeah. Eh, 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 eh. And then we're going to call someone up. We're going to get people who need ministry, and if they don't, we're just going to fake it till we make it. And then we're going to get you to come and show us a great man and woman of faith. Now don't stay away. Last chance for a question before we pray. All good? Yes, Joy. Not about the celebration, eh? No, we, we, do, we, we have the leaders in the church. Uh, uh, you know, when we need to minister, I always say, will the leaders come and minister? Now I'm going to say, will those who've been equipped come? So thought, still be a group of yes, which I'm hoping is this group. Yeah. Uh, come on. I can live with a traffic jam. My turn. It's my turn to pray for the sick. Get out of my way. I want to lead him to the Lord. No, you did last week. Get out. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't get it too excited because we're banking five minutes tonight because we might need it next week or right? Lord Jesus, you said that the works you do, we will do, and even greater works, because you were going to the Father, which meant you were pouring out the Holy Spirit, which means you wouldn't be limited at one place to one group of people in one time. But for 2,000 years through history, you've been working through groups of people, tens of thousands, not millions throughout church history. And Lord, you said in the, the, the glory of the latter house is going to supersede the former house. That means this age we're living in now is going to see the the fulfillment of the ages, the, uh, the coming together, the, the full manifestation, the demonstration of your glory on earth. And Lord, we want to prepare ourselves, not for the, 10 home cells that we got, but for the 150 home cells that we're going to have. We want to prepare ourselves, not for the 40 youth we have, but for the 400 young people that come pouring in weekly. We want to prepare ourselves, Lord, not for one service on a Sunday, but multiple services all over the city. We want to prepare ourselves, Lord, for what you're wanting to do in the earth. So we say, I say, Lord, would you just bless us with strength, the ability to absorb this teaching, safe travels, and a good night's sleep in Jesus' name.